it's really funny to me that all these companies were paying Michael Cohen, this guy, for intelligence. He's like if the word der became a person. This, this is true. Cohen named his shell company Essential Consultants, which could not sound more fake. It's like a place George Costanza would pretend to work at. <laughs> On this, oh, the Seinfeld reference. On this, the 20-year anniversary of Seinfeld going off the air. That's a good one. Essential <laughs> consultants does sound like someplace Costanza would pretend to work. Yeah, it does. It does. On the other hand, I think the smart little Harvard boy there. Was he a Harvard boy? They all yeah. are. Yeah. A smart little Harvard boy is completely wrong with Cohen. Cohen is closed-mouthed and doesn't say a lot because he's involved in so many shady activities. Yeah, we uh, we may have attended a meeting. I don't remember. The reason he's like that is because he has tentacles. Uh, the, 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 he is a big, mobbed-up octopus. That's how many tentacles. Octopus actually have arms, Jack, not tentacles. Did you know that? I didn't. Squid have tentacles. So I'm looking at the footage up on the TV screen of uh, unrest in the uh, in the Middle East. I'd say that's unrest. Which, that could be video from last week or last year or 10 years ago or 40 years ago. I mentioned a documentary I'd been watching. I haven't finished it as it is five hours long. The 50 Years War, Israel and the Arabs, which started 50 years ago tomorrow with when uh, they decided to become a state and was officially a state and the war started and it's been going on ever since. And now the we've opened up our embassy in Jerusalem as of today and there's more bloodshed. Deborah Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal, is at the center of the controversy there. Not literally Deb, but in Jerusalem for the anniver- for the uh, ceremonies, etc. Hello, Deb. How are you? Fine. How are you doing? Just, just fine. Can you smell, see, hear the chaos, or is it far away from where you are and what you're doing? It is far, far away. It could be. It could be another land. Um, the ceremony was very joyous. Uh, there was not any direct mention uh, of the loss of life in Gaza uh, with the with the Palestinian protesters there. Uh, people here were here to celebrate. It's pretty amazing. They're pretty happy about the fact that the embassy, that Donald Trump actually kept his campaign promise and declared and put the U.S. embassy in Jerusalem. And so uh, if you were not plugged into social media and checking the news all the time, you wouldn't know what had happened. Is this the first time you've been to the Holy Land or have you uh, the sort of person that's vacationed there in the past? I vacationed there. This is my fourth trip. I came here with uh, Trump uh, in May. Of 2017, and I was here with Pence in January. And now you're there with Jared Kushner. What an honor! And now I'm here with the deputy, deputy Secretary of State John Sullivan. Oh, I see. Sorry. I was just uh-huh. saying to Joe during. I mean, the, no, I was just saying to Joe during the commercials that I'd love to to visit that area someday. I mean, whether you're religious or not, I mean it is it has been the focus of a lot of mayhem in the world for thousands of years. Is, is that is that palpable when you're there? Well, I mean, if you go into the old old city in Jerusalem, there's a Muslim quarter, there's a Christian quarter. Uh, there, you can you can feel the history and you can feel the tension at times. Although, I mean, people in Jerusalem and in Israel, you know, they live side by side. This is Muslim and Jew side by side, uh, and and there's a lot more mixing than people might understand. Uh, not at the ceremony today, but in, if, if you're if you're if you're out and about in Israel, uh, you will not just speak to Jews, you will speak to many Muslims. 
What's the view of the U.S. move to finally declare Jerusalem the capital of Israel? What's the mood among Israeli people? What are you seeing in the press? Is it a, well, obviously it's about time, or is this seen as a really big deal? Well, you know, I'll, I'll go back to, G- to January when Pence came here, right? And the vice president addressed the Knesset. And he uh, was introduced by a, law, a, a Knesset member, not of Bibi's party, Netanyahu's party, who had very big differences. They were thrilled about Mike Pence's announcement that, that, that uh, Trump was going to work to fast-track the, putting the embassy in Jerusalem. So uh, in terms of uh, Israeli Jews, there are some who are fearful. There are some who uh, see bad consequences coming from this. And they got that today they saw those consequences. But um, in the Knesset, where people do have disagreements on, on how the government should work, um, it's pretty supportive. Deborah Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal on the line. For Jared Kushner, it's been a, a lifetime interest of his. He's, he's Jewish, and, and for religious reasons, he thinks this is a big deal. My sense is that Trump's not a religious person. It, did he do this because it makes the religious people who support him happy? Is that the motivation? Uh, he promised he would do it, and I think that that is part of it. Now, let's talk about Jared Kushner for a second. Um, he introduced himself as a proud American and grandson of Holocaust survivors. And this is probably one of the longest speeches you've ever seen him make. And, and it was a chance for people to get a look at him uh, really speaking from the heart about uh, his experience and his feelings as a Jew, uh, his support for the embassy. Um, so, so that was interesting. I mean, and yeah, I think Donald Trump decided he was going to do it, felt it was the right thing to do, and that was it. You were not going to veer him off the path. But it's interesting. He's not here. Mike Pence isn't here. Secretary of State Pompeo isn't here. Uh, and there's a little gap between the fast action of Trump and the, I mean, let's face it, Donald Trump doesn't like to skip ceremonies. Sure. Right? Especially when he's getting the credit. Exactly. And he got a lot of credit. At one point in time, the audience, mostly Americans, about 800 people, uh, started chanting Trump, Trump, Trump. They also wow. chanted BB, BB, BB at one point. Um, not a lot, not most of the audience, but it was there. And um, you, could, you could just feel, uh, you could just feel the love. Well, op- opponents would say there are two presidents that are, uh, you know, uh, under pressure from scandals. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I don't. I'm, no, I'm just throwing that out. Yeah, so, I wish you had. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's throw it out. Throw it out. So <laughs> you said it. You said the mayhem's a long way from you. And what is there now? Thirty dead, I think, so far today, uh, with Israeli soldiers shooting um, uh, protesters who were trying to come across the the the. Well, they're coming across the fence, coming through the fence, and then they shot them. So how far away is that, though? I know everything's very compact in that part of the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, I mean, let's also mention that a lot of the there, – there have been – I haven't uh, seen that much about this morning, but the, the Palestinians who are rushing the border uh, also have, have, have lobbed fire. And uh, it, 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 has, it hasn't – this is not a one-way street here. Oh, sure. Oh, it's never combat. is. Yeah. Never is. So, yeah, it's, it's about 50 miles away. 50 miles, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I picture, I know how small Israel is, but, you know, it's not like it's a Walmart parking lot. I mean, it's it's a country. Uh, Deb Saunders, we know you have to catch a bus and keep moving and are very, very busy, but we sure appreciate the report. Thank you for having me on. Oh, happy travels. We're jealous. We wish we were oh, there yeah. with you, but what thanks a million for taking a minute. 
What an exciting thing to get to cover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd forgotten about Jared's uh, family background with his uh, grandparents being Holocaust survivors and everything well, yeah, like this, that. So this is a, this is, I, I understand where he's coming from on this. This is something mm-hmm. his family's cared about for generations. Trump's just, it's just purely a political move, isn't it? Which I'm not saying is bad because it has been, um, well, Congress passed it in 95. Every president has said they're going to do this. So that's, you know. It's, he's not out on a limb on this, but... You know, I think part of it is Trump's wanting to be seen as a tough guy and really liking tough guys. And Israel's a hell of a tough guy. Oh, yeah. And Bibi Netanyahu is famously, uh, you know, in terms of policy, a tough guy. Whether he's any good with his fists or whatever, I don't know. But uh, So I think there's that appeal. And he probably, I don't know, he just has a lot of sympathy for Israel, as a lot of people do. Um, so coming up, I want to talk a little more about that Supreme Court ruling on letting states get involved in sports betting, how this could change professional sports. Your four major professional sports were really against this. And discuss that a little. Also, a lot of texts coming in. What's your advice? If you're going to give a commencement address to high school graduates or college graduates, what's your sentence or two you'd say to these people? Huh? Sentence or two. That's tough. Oh, yeah. Boil it down. Yeah. Our text line is... Stay with your parents. (laughs) Text line is 415-295-KFTC. What is that commercial where there's the guy in the basement and uh, (laughs) the parents are upstairs complaining about how their kid moved back in? Mm. And he says, you know, in other countries, it's common to stay home till you're 40. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of the nation. shouldn't be just another day where we do the same old thing over and over again. Brian, what are your plans for Mother's Day? Uh, my wife is going to leave me with two children, oh. and I will figure it out. Those That's are my nice plans. That's a nice gift you're giving her. Yeah, no, you I wasn't given a this. choice. She just told me I'm leaving. <laughs> good luck to you. So, yeah. I you're think being she's a good husband. Lunch. Yeah, not a choice. What are you going to do? For my wife? Mm-hmm. Let her sleep and not talk for 30 seconds until she's after to start a drinking coffee. Mm. That's it. Hooters has free meals for your mom if your wife or mother is okay mm-hmm. with going to Hooters mm-hmm. on Mother's Day. Every year you say, Mom, we're going to go walking with you. We're going to hang out. And she's like, oh, I think I could just, like, you know, go get a spa gift card, a massage or something. Or like, thanks, Mom. Maybe that says wow. something about you, Kate. <laughs> there you go. Various local TV news stations around the country. Trying to be relatable. ha, ha. Give you a little glimpse of the real lives. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of bringing uh, mom coffee, I brought uh, my wife coffee as she uh, slept late and brought her some coffee, which she really appreciated. She is a don't talk to me till I've had coffee person. Mm. I like coffee, but like I'm, I'm capable of functioning without coffee until I get my first coffee. Sure, she is not. Mm. And uh, the kids got to be funky. The kids have picked up mm. on asking her things before she's fully awake, knowing she will say yes or I don't care. <laughs> And we've had to make limits that anything you ask her before she's had coffee doesn't count. Wow. Because they've actually gone out and say, they go and wait, shake her, she's in bed, say, is it all right if we eat, you know, a whole box of Captain Crunch? Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, fine. That doesn't count. 
Do you mind if we do it uh, on the tractor, you know, while it's running? Yeah. Yeah. It's your wow. chance to get a new TV, Jack. Uh, you mind if I get a 55 <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. oh, She would agree to anything if it meant her going back to sleep. Wow, so you've had to introduce a subclause mm-hmm. to the asking mom stuff rules. Absolutely. Which, of course, also includes asking mom that if you don't get the answer you like asking oh, dad. Oh, yeah, that trick. Which is time-honored. Yeah. Please. No, 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 no. Takes both houses of Congress. But, All right. Of course, the favorite one is when I say, I don't know. We, we should ask mom. We did ask her. She said you would decide. Oh. <laughs> I wanted her to decide. <laughs> what did mom say? Checkmate. She said, ask dad. <laughs> um, before I get some advice for uh, graduates, uh, I was going to uh, mention this when Joe said it, but um, Trump being a tough guy, BB not Netanyahu being a tough guy. Uh, Trump had bone spurs, yes. stayed home. Netanyahu yes. was a, uh, led commando raids and special forces in Israel on many missions and oh, several right. wars. So he's, he's an a, actual tough guy. He's a different kind of tough guy than, uh, yes. than Trump. Yes. So there's that. Advice for college grads. We got a number of these. I'll just hit you with some of the highlights. Then I want to talk a little bit about that Supreme Court ruling that came down. This advice for college grads. Make as much money as you can, as fast as you can, and whatever's the highest paying job you can get. Your dreams can wait and will be easier to attain when you don't have to worry about money. You know, I've talked to my kids about that. You might not get your dream job, but get a good job, and then you can do your dream stuff in your free time, and there's no pressure. And as, you know, I've, a couple of my kids have artistic inclinations, and I've told them, look, if you're feeding yourself this way, your number one concern must always be what does the marketplace want? Unless you're going to risk, you know, starvation, you're going to stick to your artistic guns, and that's fine, and I respect it, but when you become a commercial artist, you dance to the marketplace's tune. Um, Yeah, I read an article over the weekend in defense of hobbies. In fact, I'll talk about that instead of uh, gambling, because it's pretty interesting. Well, it made a major impression on me a couple of years ago when it was pointed out to me that the definition of the word amateur or amateur is someone who does something for love, the love of it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, That in a second. Advice for graduates. You don't have to do what you love for a living to be happy. You just have to do something you're proud of that you can tolerate and that allows you to afford a somewhat comfortable lifestyle. Or to paraphrase, you have to do something you're not too ashamed of. Money doesn't buy happiness, but not having enough money makes you miserable. That's been my experience. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Advice for grads. If your identity is wrapped up in being a student, after you graduate, you may go through a period of feeling lost and insecure. You will get through it. It is normal. That's a good one. That would be a good one from a boy, my beloved son. He's, he, he, he found it difficult because he was surrounded by friends and compatriots and a supportive, uh, creative community and the rest of it, then went out to get a crappy job with people who don't give a crap. Yeah. And I've known a number of people that, that really did well in academics and did not do well when that was over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you've always been the star of something when you're not, that would be shocking. I've never been the star of anything. Mm. I was crappy at that. I'm crappy at this. So it's all worked out fine. I'm in my comfort zone. You get half credit for this mess. That's something. <laughs> um, college grads, be willing to move to where the jobs are, in all caps. Amen to that. That's not a bad idea. You guys, it's easy for you to say because you're rich. You don't know what it's like to move. And this oh, one. So we get those emails and I just. You you know what? You have no hope. <laughs> Anybody. And there is Joe, no. Joe dishing uh-uh. out hopelessness. No. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> They got a plate full of it already. There, and let me rephrase it. There is no hope for you. Oh, boy. If you're so 
so determined to have your excuses, you attack other people's lives so their lives can't stand in contrast to yours. That's that's pathetic, and I pity you. Uh, college grad advice, we got a number of these. If you move back to mommy's house, you have failed. So <laughs> we've gotten those. He is so, like a little baby. The the article I read over the weekend that I thought was so interesting, and, it, and uh, I think I'm uh, better at this than, than some people, but it still was important to me. In defense of hobbies, and it was an article about how people have forgotten what a hobby is and the point of hobbies and how it's perfectly okay to have a hobby that's not designed to make you money or get you attention. Right. So and it was talking about, uh, and some of it is the pressure we get from society. As as a society, we've forgotten the point of hobbies, of doing stuff that you just like for fun so that you're not just working all the time, with the idea being that, oh, you're in a band. Are you, you know, you're, you're, you're making any money at that? Are you getting any gigs? How much does it pay? No, I just do it. We never get any gigs because we're not that good, but we enjoy it. Right. Or, or I make these craft things, and then you sell them on Etsy? No, I just make them and give them to friends, and they probably put them in a drawer, or I put them in a drawer. Right. I just make these macrame things because I like it, not to try to sell them. Nobody does that anymore or expects that of anybody anymore. And it makes perfectly good sense to do stuff just for the hell of it. Yeah, that's funny. I get that all the time with the music stuff. What are you guys going to do? Are you going to tour? Are you going to sell us? How are you promoting it? I'm not. I don't care. I just like making songs. That's why I wanted to bring it up. We need to get over that as a society. If you run into a guy who makes birdhouses in his garage, don't ask him, oh, so you sell those? And then you, no, I don't take him to the farmer's market and try to sell them. I just make birdhouses. Now I've got a whole bunch of birdhouses. Or or grab a hammer and smash one and say, that's a lesson in life. You know what but don't worth? ask him about the money. I made a birdhouse. You know what? It's worth nothing. Nobody wants a birdhouse, but I made it for fun. I want a birdhouse. I like woodworking. Yeah, we've got to get back to that idea of just doing stuff for the hell of it. It doesn't have to be for profit. Yeah, do it for joy. <laughs> do it because it makes your soul less heavy. You don't uh-huh. even have to be good at it. Got a big old fat soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Right. Right, because it brings you joy. That's why you're doing it, period. Yeah, the author was explaining to some friends about something her husband was into, and she couldn't come up with the word hobby. She said, it's something he does he just for fun, and so is he you know, marketing. And then, No, no, he's just kind of fun, and the word hobby had escaped her, and she huh. realized, he's got a hobby. That's what it is. It's a hobby. Right. When I was younger, everybody had a hobby, or people would talk about their hobbies, but nobody yeah. does that anymore. Well, right, which brings me back to the French word amateur, and... And how it's evolved, it's uh, he's an amateur. It's amateurish. It's, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's not professionals. Have an amateur. As, a, as an insult. Or going, criticism. going to Man. act in the local, uh, you know, your local town's uh, theater or whatever. Right. Oh, so you're, then you're going to go on auditions. No! I'm just going to do this. It's fun <laughs> to do. Yeah. I think we got to get back to that. That'd What's your idea? hobby, Marshall? Right now, sleeping. <laughs> I enjoy sleeping. That's a good wow. hobby. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the Supreme Court decision on sports betting drawing a lot of attention and concern. you got Trump advisors thinking the U.S. latest move in Israel will actually increase the chance for peace. And United Airlines dealing with more social media outrage. Good! Stories coming up <laughs> minutes from now. I love any chance to beat them up. That's all coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Line Marshall's hobby is not collecting hard candies. <laughs> Whoa, hey now. <clears throat> That's ageism. Be a good hobby, though. 
is a whorehound. It's a real thing, kids. Look it up. <laughs> not a particularly good candy. Whore with an H, not a W. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, uh, things happening today. Let's get to the news now. Marsha Phillips. As we've been telling you, the U.S. Supreme Court striking down a federal ban on sports betting. New Jersey had challenged the ban, claiming it was unfair and unconstitutional. The gambling on sports... It is unconstitutional. Gambling on sports had been allowed in Nevada and just a few other states. New Jersey said, unfair, unfair. Many states can begin to legalize betting on college and professional sports now following the ruling. I will tell you this. I was wondering aloud whether, like the marijuana thing, legalizing would only cause a smallish increase in use or or whether some people predicted it'd be huge. Yeah, because I don't... The reason I don't bet is not because it's illegal. I have no interest in betting. Yeah, see, I would bet a little more than I do if it was more convenient. Um, And although, you know, honestly, I have an online account. I never use it. But um, it has come to my attention that the professional referees unions, uh, referees and umpires and the rest of it, they think a lot of money is going to flow into it and they have a challenge and are going to have to really keep an eye on their people and or take certain things out of the hands of their people and go with technology. I I hadn't realized that the four major sports had battled these in various states around the country because they're so worried about the damage it would do. Yeah, so players, obvious, players too, obviously, and refs, shaving points, etc. So here's what I wonder. Once it's legal, and if there's lots of... $150 billion currently spent a year. So if you've got billions of... Many billions of dollars flowing around in sports, and it's legal, how do they not start... Start working it into the broadcasts. Make it just a part of the game. How does the announcer say, oh, hey, we are down the final minute. It's a five-point game. You know the line's seven on this one. Right. That's Why wouldn't you? It's yeah, perfectly legal. If the Rams can get a field goal, there are going to be a lot of broken hearts here, yeah, Jim. And, right. and, and you're playing to your audience that you know a lot of them have money on it. So right. is that going to become part of the game? It, it certainly could. And it also gives a new point of interest in blowout games, right? Like if, it, sure. if they're down by 20, but the spread's 18, all of a sudden, hey, now we got something to talk about. Hell, you might put it up yeah. on the scoreboard, the line for this game. That might be the exciting game, right? It's a 25-point game, but a 23-point spread. That might be the game everybody tunes into. That'd be weird. (laughs) The NCAA's chief legal officer is saying the organization is still reviewing the court's decision, but adds that it will adjust sports wagering and championship policies to align with the direction from the court. Gambling is my weakest point as as a person who wants to be a libertarian. In that it seems to be something that, that, that some people have no control over. Good, I get their money. And Stick to your principles. <laughs> <laughs> and allowing them to do it just, it just seems like a bad idea. So, uh, at risk of getting too far into this, it occurs to me in the scenario uh, Sean slash I laid out, it's a 25-point game gap. I mean, it's a cra- I'm picturing football. It's a crazy blowout. Wasn't Cleveland the favorite yesterday yeah. and they lost by 30? Oof, that hurts. Oh, in the NBA, yeah. Um, so, twenty-five point gap, but it's a twenty-three point spread, and because it's a blowout, head coach takes out his starting quarterback or or some of the better defenders, whatever. That would alter it. There could be enormous pressure on franchises slash coaching staffs not to do that, wow, I not about... to protect their players. I mean, you take out your starting quarterback because there's no point in him playing. There is, if most of your fans have money on the game, they're more interested exactly. in that than they are the win or loss. Right. But the coach doesn't keep his job based on how many of their fans made money the true. previous season. Yeah. Or true. does he? <laughs> or does he in the future? Somehow. I don't know. 
Violent protests are continuing today. Israeli fire has killed at least 41 Palestinians during massive demonstrations. Along the- As Deborah pointed out, a lot of these Palestinians are uh, coming in throwing bombs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's rolling warfare. There's yep. smoke canisters and, and all sorts of, uh, you know, rocks and fire bombs being chucked and the right. rest of it. The, right? the, the, the Watching this documentary about the 50-year war that mm-hmm. started 50 years ago tomorrow. And um, it's a lot like the Trump administration. Anything we say about Trump, we got people angry no matter what we sure. say. Yeah, you get into the Israeli-Palestinian thing, the Israeli-Arab thing, it's the same situation. Because right. you got both sides doing honorable things from their standpoint. You got both sides doing awful things from probably anybody's standpoint throughout the history of this thing. Sure, and finding justification for it. Right. Yeah. Protests fueled by the inauguration of the new U.S. Embassy in contested Jerusalem. Meanwhile, President Trump's national security advisor, John Bolton, was on ABC's This Week. He thinks the U.S. move will actually increase the chance for peace in the long run. If you're not prepared to recognize that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel and that's where the American embassy uh, should be, then you're operating on a, on a completely different uh, wavelength. I, I think recognizing reality always enhances the chances for peace. Good idea. There and that go. makes perfectly good sense to me. Yeah, I tend to agree with him. Just be, I don't, uh, listen, the people protesting and making a big deal of this, they're unhappy in general. And the symbolism of it, I get, but it's purely symbolism. The Israeli government operates out of Jerusalem. When we want to go talk to Bibi Netanyahu, it, well, it depends where he is, but if we want to go talk to the Israeli government, we go to Jerusalem because that's where it is. Right. We have offices there. We We call it a consulate. To avoid the symbolism of having the embassy there. But it's it's just it's a distinction without a difference. Meanwhile, you got United Airlines involved in another social media brouhaha. The airline now saying it will continue to serve tomato juice on its flights after there was a Twitter outcry at the news they were eliminating tomato juice on domestic flights. Why were they gonna eliminate tomato juice? People use it. Nobody for... wants it. Well, oh, whoa, 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 You know what I like when I'm hot and thirsty? A can of warm tomato juice. Nah. Well, I'm all dehydrated from this long flight. I could sure use some tomato juice. Is, for, is it for alcoholic drinks that people usually get it? Or Bloody what? Marys. Tomato juice may not be most people's go-to on the ground, but it's popular order on the planes, both straight and in Bloody Marys, and there's a scientific reason for it. I might get a can of tomato juice for my kids next time. It's fruit juice. That's right. The tomato is a fruit. Flyers' sense of taste and smell is dulled by the low humidity on airplanes, and it makes food taste blander than usual. But tomato juice, which tastes acidic and earthy on the ground, tends to taste sweeter and fruitier in the air. Wow. Because heaven forbid you moronic flavor chasers go four hours without some sort of tingling flavor sensation on your tongue. <laughs> you're just hard at taste, you and Jack, so you don't understand. Oh, my this. God. No, we you're are a, you're a blind, blind, you're a blind man lecturing people. Why do you waste time at art museums? <laughs> the airline tweeting, tomato juice is here to stay, exclamation ah, point. Finally, that's settled. That may be the stupidest story Stop ever. Stop killing <laughs> dogs. Shame on you. Juice. <laughs> Stop killing dogs and smashing guitars. I can't stop Stop laughing. Stop chattering old Asian doctors. And then the juice clips. Juice. like he's not really the juice anymore. Oh, tomato juice. juice. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Juice. Oh, juice. 
Um, there you go. So what do we got? We got something else. Oh, we got more uh, graduate advice. If you got any, what would you tell a graduate? Oh, yeah. Text line 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I, have, I have decided, finally, I've corralled my many scattered thoughts what my advice would be for graduates. Okay. Okay, and I'll hit you with some of those. Man, I'm seeing way too much on the TV about the royal wedding, which is coming up this weekend. Oh, Oh, my. Are they serving tomato juice at the royal wedding, Mark? Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's like he's not really the juice anymore. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. We got a lot of responses on the um, comments on the idea of uh, remembering there's such thing as hobbies. I am. Which is, you know, going to help me out. I work in community theater because it fills my heart, not because it fills my wallet. But people ask about that all the time. Oh, are you trying to do this or that? No, no, I'm not. Or I did once, but I gave up or whatever. No, I actually enjoy the connections I make with people. I build, motor- exactly. I build motorcycles as a hobby. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked if I have a social media presence or advertise it and blah, blah, blah. And I say, I just, I don't want to go big. I'm just doing it for fun. People look at me like I'm crazy. Here's a 27-year-old who's really good at skateboarding. Every time he's at the park, people always ask him if he's pro or going pro. No, nope, just do it for fun. Hmm. Yeah. Let's just do stuff for fun. And let's let other people do stuff for fun. And and the little secret is the people who are doing those things in an effort to make money aren't usually the ones that end up making it big. Like it's the ones who do it for the love that end up getting spotted or somehow kind of transcend into, into the next level. But you've just poisoned it again. Maybe. That's the advice for grads. Do what you love and the money will follow. <laughs> Avoid school loans at all costs when possible. I like that sentence. Avoid school loans at all costs when possible. Yeah. <laughs> a little um, late for for that speech, though, at the graduation. <laughs> my my advice to grads, run. Run like the wind. No, that's for grooms. You got grooms mixed up with grads or brides. Run! <laughs> Get run from graduation. <laughs> I would uh, give the the advice uh, to graduates I gave to my kids, or I continue to give to my kids. Essentially, show up and try hard. Make no exceptions. You got a crappy job. Try hard at your crappy job. See what happens. Good way to be successful in life. Yeah, I saw a YouTube video yesterday with a guy who was really successful. I won't bog you down with what he's successful in, but he started at the company sweeping floors and he decided to be the best uh, floor sweeper, and so he can moved up to this, and you know, mm-hmm. continued the thing. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot. So, of people- you know, I tell you what, it makes me so crazy. You people obsessing over intersectionality and your professor's elaborate worldview of who's oppressing whom and the the hierarchy and the patriarchy. Show up and try hard, and you will have a happy life. There are idiots and racists and bigots and and misogynists, and then there always will be. You ever studied humanity? Just take care of your own self and, and let the a-holes be a-holes. They're their own punishment. Um, With some exceptions, obviously. 
somebody burns a cross on your lawn, feel free to, to, to chase them down and punch them in the face. Here's a guy saying uh, what Mike Rowe always says, go after trade jobs. College is becoming so common that we still need workers to install our gas mains, as an example. He works in that area. My wife graduated college, now makes $18 an hour. I left high school, learned this, making $35 an hour. Mm-hmm. There's something to that. The whole, I just wish this would happen more often in high school and then in college. There should be more discussion on what do you think you're going to do to support yourself? Like, how are you going to pay? This is, uh, I've talked about this before. So wherever you live, get the the local, I was going to say newspaper. How old am I? Go online, I guess. See what the rents are locally. Um, You know, get an idea of what it costs to live just in general. So how are you going to come up with a way to pay that? Here's your starting position or pay for X, Y, and Z that you've mentioned. All right, that's not going to be enough, so you're going to have to have roommates. How are you going to find roommates? Maybe you and somebody you like in school ought to be talking about it right now. Yeah, just realistic expectations. The rent is too damn high. Well, I agree with that. That's why I hate it. Oh, my God, when Caitlin, my oldest kid, graduated from college, the the chick who gave their their commencement address was everything a commencement address should not be. It was (laughs) terrible. A lot of dreamy stuff. Oh, nothing but dreamy stuff. Oh, just, maybe this maybe it's OK that this doesn't get talked about because you leave it up to the parents. And I'm fine with that because parents should be doing this. But you can. Am I wrong? At least you could when I was in younger. Can you can't you go through high school and college without anybody ever saying, you know, rent in this town is blank per month? Yeah, I with think it's never even thinking about that. Sure. Some school systems don't touch on that at all. A, a lot do in their, you know, whatever they call homeroom now. They that's zero period or whatever you got various names for it in various school systems, but they go over life skills stuff in, in good school districts. I don't know how much. I'm sure people would be happy to uh, email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, and point out the programs their district has. But, but again, it's I'm, super I'm, smart. I'm perfectly fine with you know counting on parents to do that, too, because I'd be happy to do that. You know, the here's a uh, perhaps slightly non-libertarian way to look at it. People who do not get that sort of life training, that sort of information, cost me a lot of money, directly and indirectly. Yeah, that's a tough um, one, though. Cause it, that's... But, but, what, but here's why it's okay. It scores with my beliefs. We're offering them knowledge. You know, I, I don't find that to be at all oppressive. Look, rent is high. It's going to cost you. you got to figure out how you're going to make a living. Um it's not you ought to or you should or it'd be nice if you you must. So get that in your head. I think that would be useful. Yeah, it's a tough one, though. When the government starts doing things, the, the, the history of it is then the individual stops doing it. Mm. I'll grant you that. Because they figure the government will take care of this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But you definitely, one way or another, should come out of high school or college with some idea of what it's going to cost you to survive. Because it start, you know, you start doing math in your head once you realize, well, rent's this much. I got to come up with a way for some sort of health insurance or something. Gas is this much, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, most people don't. No. Of course, if you gave people too detailed a picture of how difficult it's going to be, you'd have a lot of suicides or you know, <laughs> becoming drug addicted hippies or something like that. Because it's tough. The first several years are difficult. Drug addicted hippies. Unless you, you know, you're a, you're a charming, persuasive type with an engineering degree, and you know you communicate really well, and then you get a pretty decent gig, and you're off and running. But for know, most was, of us, it isn't that way. I was super poor and had more fun than I ever, ever had in my life in terms of just fun. Mm-hmm. I had roommates. 
We drank dr- warm draft beer whenever we went anywhere. We drank Meisterbrow at home, but we sure had a lot of fun mm-hmm. with no money. So it's not miserable or anything. Nope. Um, blah, 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 blah. Eh, more, uh, more advice along the same line. Get a clue, is the advice. Quit being an idiot. Whatever happened to that clip? Was that one of those unexplained vanishing of our vanishings of our favorite clips? I think I can find it. Well, I'd like to hunt. Is it a beef? But I can Is see how I can see how it'd be depressing if you go through high school and college with this. You know, you're the generations that's going to change the world, and uh, you know you're getting straight A's because everybody is, and all this different stuff. Dare to dream, and then you start your job. And you're, like, making no go. money and cleaning bathrooms, and nobody seems to give a crap what you think about anything. <laughs> I can see how that would, you know, all of a sudden be a, how am I going to change the world if nobody seems to give a crap about what I think about change anything? Change the toilet. Start with the toilet. Soon you'll be changing the tank. Before you know it, you'll be changing the dirty tile floor. And soon you'll be in charge of polishing the doorknob. <laughs> how can I change the world where I'm not even invited to the various conference room meetings? Nobody cares what I think about anything. I tried showing up to the UN and they kicked me out. <laughs> Any... That's right. I'll try. Uh, life's not fair and the world is mean. Keep that in mind. Those who get the award-winning fourth hour will have a conversation about the divide in California and blue states over immigration. Uh, catch it on the podcast. Cool. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 